You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy hump day. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Today, we'll take an in-depth look at how Julio Jones potentially leaving Atlanta could impact Kyle Pitts positively. We'll take a look at how Julio leaving impacts Kyle Pitts negatively. And we'll recap the Gators game versus Kentucky and go through a quick preview for their game today against Mississippi State. Thank you to those of you who left a review. Um, They are greatly appreciated. Please do continue to do so or reach out to me in some way so that I can make this the best Gators podcast around. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. There's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Lockdown SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Lockdown SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I know I touched on this. I mean, for not not briefly, but I didn't very I didn't go very in depth on this. But uh, I'm going to today, where Julio Jones, of course, uh, said I'm out of there when talking about him being rumored to leave Atlanta, um, and. Again, with the Kyle Pitts pick, I know I went in depth here yesterday where the big thing with him was that the Kyle Pitts pick wasn't bad because you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts is a fantastic number three option, a really just insane number three option there. So, yeah, that's... Now, if if Julio leaves, obviously you make it... It just it looks like a bad pick, if we're going to be honest there. Uh, that's it's as simple as that. It would just look like a bad pick. Um, the thing with Julio now, <clears throat> if if he really does leave, is that it, it opens up targets in this passing game because Julio, who I mean, last year he was injured for a bit. Uh, he played nine games. He had sixty-eight targets in those games. So he had seven and a half targets per game, which doesn't sound like a lot when you just consider how often teams throw the ball. But, I mean, Julio's a guy who he's always... I mean, even on those 68 targets, he had almost 800 yards. So, incredibly efficient. And that's really what you're losing here with the Atlanta Falcons. You're losing one of the most efficient pass catchers really ever, maybe? Um, so there's a lot of targets opening up. Todd Gurley is gone from Atlanta as well. He had almost 40 targets. So you've lost over 100 targets now from just those two players. And I'm not really sure. I mean, Ido Smith is gone. He had almost 30. So you, you've lost a lot of targets. You had Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley had over 100 targets last year. Hayden Hurst was just below 100 targets. So you're losing a true focal point of the offense who, when he was in the game, fantastic, usually. I've 
I'm not gonna act like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I've given him plenty of slack for uh, going missing some games, but you're opening up a lot of targets here in this offense, just not without just Julio. Julio just amplifies it so much. There's already plenty of targets available now, but losing Julio and or adding him to the equation of who's out really opens up about yeah about 130 targets from last year so you've got someone that needs to come in and get these touches right away that could be Kyle Pitts and we've seen Kyle Pitts the way he was used at Florida the way that we know he's most effective or at least he's proven to be most effective is being able to play flex out wide as a wide receiver playing a big slot playing just in line as a tight end we've seen him do it all and really for as long as i've talked about kyle pitts maybe being a falcon that's been one of the big bonuses is that he's got an offensive quarter or a head coach an offensive play caller that's going to move him around and put him in fun spots and try to get him the ball and that opens up more with julio gone because at first, it was, all right, maybe have Julio and Calvin Ridley on the outside, put Kyle Pitts in the big slot, have Hayden Hurst in, in line. Now, we could see Kyle Pitts play on the outside a lot more opposite Calvin Ridley with Russell Gage working his natural slot. So, it, it really just it opens up a lot because in the passing game, of course, we're expecting this team to probably run the ball a little bit more just given that it's Arthur Smith and... I mean, maybe that's not what he wanted to do in Tennessee. That was just what worked with his personnel. Who knows? But, I mean, we're expecting this team to run the ball more. But I think they'll be more efficient passing-wise. And Kyle Pitts gives them a huge target, especially now with Julio gone size-wise. They're not super different. Uh, Kyle Pitts is two inches taller, I believe. And he's really, I mean, he's, he's 20 pounds heavier, so... Size-wise, there's not a huge difference between these. I get that two pound, two inches and 20 pounds is a lot, but relative to how Julio plays and how big he plays, not a huge difference there. That's that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> but you've got targets opening up, and one thing where Kyle Pitts is going to be used more frequently than, Hul- than we've seen Julio used really, really throughout his entire career. I don't get it. He's six foot three, 220 pounds, and he's just not been... A real red zone target i don't know why it's not that he's not a red zone threat he's just not a red zone target and it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever but i do think we'll see kyle pitts be used a lot more in the red zone and especially within that 10 yard line so first and goal and on and i think that we're looking at someone who now gets to play a bit more receiver where he can bully these weaker corners and i think that he's going to find a lot of success run blocking too because now you get to put a tight end at wide receiver and he changes this whole offense to where if you run toss stretch sweep whatever it is you but you've got to watch out because now you've got this little corner going up against a big tight end and if whoever the ball carrier is kick it out wide boom (laughs) that's that's a big play Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, winter green, cinnamon, and pomegranate. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw away your dip, 
and get some Lucy nicotine gum and lozenges today. This is the real deal. A Lucy subscription comes directly to your door each month. It's simple and you don't have to worry about leaving your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked on college network listeners, if you go to lucy.co and use the promo code locked on college, all one word, you're going to get 20% off of all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. And I do have to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on college. As we build anticipation for a deep SEC tournament run, hopefully, thank you, Florida. Uh, let's start building our bodies too. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar Champion Coconut Brownie Chunk. Personally, though, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. If you're trying to eat clean, like I've been trying to, because some of here, but you've got a sweet tooth, like I most certainly do, but hey, some of here, so I gotta try to eat healthier. That is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1515 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now, also as promised, I said I'd talk about how Julio leaving Atlanta would impact Kyle Pitts in a negative way. Here we are. Uh, I'm going to bring this first point up because, it's, I mean, facing better defensive backs is the obvious one that's going to come up because, like I mentioned yesterday, the big threat was you've got corners on Julio and Calvin. Now you've got to have your third best cover man on Kyle Pitts. That's not a great thing to have. So I know that this is a Locked On Gators podcast and we're talking about NFL, but we're talking about a Gator in the NFL, so I'm fine with it. And I'm also going to bring up specifically the Buccaneers with this case because I was on Locked On Bucks uh, three weeks ago probably now where uh, they asked me about Kyle Pitts and I'm like, okay, who on this Bucks defense do you pick to guard Kyle Pitts? Because you've got Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy bunting on Julio and Calvin. Um, Antoine Winfield's too little. Sorry guys, I know you're Bucks fans, but Except that uh, he's a fantastic player, but he's too little to guard Kyle Pitts. And, I mean, Whitehead's not simply not good enough to cover him. So who do you put? I said I'd probably pick Devin White, just given his athleticism and hope that he can kind of disrupt Kyle Pitts at the line. But even then, not confident at all that that's a possibility. So there's that. I mean, but now, again, using the Bucks specifically... You could put uh, Sean Murphy Bunting on Calvin Ridley. You could put Carlton Davis on Kyle Pitts. And now, sure, you're still at a strength mismatch, but I mean, and still size also, but you're about as good as you can get. When we're talking about the Dolphins for another, they just happen to have a really good secondary and sure, they're in Florida, so it works. But we can look at the Dolphins and it's like, well, previously it'd be probably trying to put Byron Jones and Kyle Pitts, Xavier Howard on Julio, and Noah Igbenogany on Calvin. But at that point, Calvin's just going to toast Noah Igbenogany all day, even if Kyle Pitts and Julio don't do much. 
But now, Byron Jones on Kyle Pitts, Xavier Howard on Calvin Ridley, and sure, Noah Igbenogany's got Russell Gage, who's who's fine, but you know, he's not. Calvin is a third option there. Or Pitts is a third option there. So that's going to be the big concern: is that can Kyle Pitts separate against NFL defensive backs? The big thing was always, well, he's going to be going against the third best cover man, most likely. So, yeah, we think so. But now, I mean, he's, he's still the, one of the greatest height, weight, speed freeze we've ever seen. Don't get that twisted. He's still going to be difficult to cover. It's just easier that now you don't have to worry about two height, weight, speed freaks with Julio and Kyle Pitts. So that that's my biggest concern there. Um, I know another thing that I've seen, at least uh, that I think is kind of silly, but what it's something to bring up, and it, it's a valid point. It's just not a great one, in my opinion. Uh, that Kyle Pitts is one of his biggest advantages was just his height, weight, speed being a tight end, um, specifically because he's likely going to be guarded at that point by safeties or linebackers, and he is way too fast for most linebackers way too big for most safeties he's even way too big for most linebackers really they're getting smaller now or at least shorter so that was the biggest thing but now with julio gone we'll probably see kyle pitts assuming julio leaves we'll probably see kyle pitts line up at receiver more often than being on a corner and still being a height weight speed freak and a height weight speed mismatch but of course, you're taking away the true insanity that is a person at his size with his athleticism playing the tight end position, which is something that, I mean, Darren Waller does it, but I think when it's all said and done, Kyle Pitts will do it better. So that that's where I'm at with, sure, he's he's going to be a, he'd be a good wide receiver. We, we know that, but he'd be a, a amazing i mean he's talked about as the greatest tight end prospect of all time really so or debatably the greatest tight end prospect of all time so you're kind of taking that away from him if you play him at wide receiver more and that that does hurt him again i know it's just that's i'm sorry that's the weird thing it's like yes uh the positive is that he has more versatility to move between wide receiver and tight end but the negative is that he's going to be playing more wide receiver and tight end. I think the big takeaway there is that, sure, it's a positive that he's got the option to play between wide receiver and tight end more often. But I think the big negative is that what if he goes out wide too often? And and at that point, you kind of lose, the, uh, lose that wild advantage of him being a tight end that moves the way he does. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's a fine line there. I, I understand that, that it is a very fine line. But really, I mean, it, it, it's not a terrible take. It's just not one that I would totally go to bat for. Uh, I'm personally more concerned about, you know, with Julio, Calvin, and Kyle Pitts, this Falcons offense was one of the most difficult offenses you could ever try to cover. That's no longer the case if Julio's gone. They're still a very talented offense, they're still very difficult to cover. But it gets so much easier when you take arguably a top five receiver of the past decade. Uh, when I mean, he's got 850 catches, almost 13,000 yards, 60 touchdowns. 
he's a freak over 600 first downs so he's someone that whether or not you want to talk about his consistency like I do, his durability like a lot, like a lot of other people do, he's someone you have to respect as a defense, and taking him off this team, frankly, just makes this offense much easier to cover, even though it's still not easy at all. <laughs> do you think the Gators have a shot at the Natty this year? If you're confident, Bet Online currently has plus 3,300 odds. To, again, I'm just saying... I'ma take them. You don't have to, but I'm just let you know what, what I'm gonna do with them because I, I I'm all for it. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and best part, 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code locked on, that is L O C K E D, no space, O N. Now that we are back to wrap up this show, I know that yesterday's episode had a segment about Gators baseball. Today's going to have a segment about Gators baseball. Tomorrow's going to have a segment about Gators baseball. I'm glad you know that right now. (laughs) The SEC tournament kicked off yesterday. The Gators won their first game of the tournament by beating Kentucky 4-1, which, thank God, because I'm not going to lie, I was was pretty pretty tense about it. I was pretty worried. Uh, That game ended the Gators' four-game losing streak, which... Whew, thank goodness for that. And hopefully the Gators have turned their momentum around because, of course, every game is... You, you can't just... You, you can't screw up one if you want to go for your uh, 16th SEC championship here. Uh, luckily for the Gators, Jacob Young started the scoring early with a solo home run to lead off the bottom of the first inning, so... That I mean, really, you you can't have a better start than a leadoff home run. Uh, so that was amazing. Thank you, Jacob Young, for kind of kind of cooling the nerves early on. Appreciate that. Appreciate you, buddy. Um, Florida was, however, out hit big time. Uh, Kentucky had eleven hits. Florida. <laughs> that's uh, man. That reminds me of every time I play MLB the Show, right? I just rack up hits, but I can't score runs to save my life. Uh, Kentucky had 11 hits, Florida had 5, of course, who cares really in the long run? Uh, Not the number of hits that matters, it's the number of runs, so Florida, incredibly efficient when you consider 5 hits, 4 runs, that's just insane. Um, Kentucky, 11 hits, 1 run, not so efficient. (laughs) Tommy Mace started the game for Florida as expected, he pitched uh, uh, 4 solid innings one he gave up the earned run at the end one at the end of the fifth run uh so you know not amazing but yeah i don't care how many hits he gave up seven but i don't care how many hits he gave up because he gave up one run and that's fine he also struck out eight batters so more strikeouts than hits yay i guess i don't know if you care about that uh, Trey Vanderweed and Jack Leftwich wrapped up the game. Leftwich got the save, of course, and it is at that point on to the next one. The Gators take on the number eight 
number eight, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, this one, it, it it's another worrisome one for me. It, it's I feel like I'm more anxious than I am worried about it. Um, just because this is the first time that these two teams played this season, so that makes it incredibly exciting, but it also makes it incredibly anxious and nerve-wracking because, I mean, it's I mean, the Bulldogs are 40-13 and 13 on the year, which is four more wins, five less losses than, uh, than the Gators. If my math is right off the top of my head, sorry if it's not. Um, the Bulldogs are also currently riding a four-game winning streak, which... I was worried about the Gators on a four-game losing streak, so obviously I'm going to be worried about our opposition on a four-game winning streak, and my word, momentum is a, you know, um, <laughs> I've, I've avoided profanity so far, and I will continue to try to do so, but yeah, uh, there's that. And it's also one of the situations where it's like, uh, if you, I mean, I know I've mentioned it in basketball and football, and I'll tell you now, in every sport, defense is like that. That's my thing. That that's what gets me like into it. That's what gets me on fire. Um, but this is one of those situations where it's like, are we gonna see pitchers not have a feel for the hitters, and we'll see a shootout if the hitters are just taking it to town all day, or? Will hitters like just have no feel for the pitchers and no, uh, I don't really know, experience or no comfort level with the pitchers? And it ends up being a pitcher's duel where it's like one nothing, two one, two nothing, something like that. And that's it's more the anxiety of not knowing how these teams match up because we've seen teams like, like we've seen the Gators just throughout this season, they've played teams like. Um, Miami three times, like they played them earlier. They played A and M, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Missouri, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Georgia, and Arkansas. Like all, all SEC teams that we've seen them play, and if they match up in the tournament, it's like okay, we 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 kind of generally know what to expect and what the results will be. But in this case. Nothing. I know that I said Miami I just named because it was a series that they played. I know it's not as easy. Calm down. Um, but it's all. It's just one of those things where it's like, well, uh, I, I don't know. Like all teams that they could play in the SEC tournament and all teams that are... Uh, we, we know what to expect, but at this point with Mississippi State, we don't know... What, I mean, generally from a team, yeah, we know what to expect from Mississippi State, but we don't know what to expect from Mississippi State versus Florida, and that is the anxiety that is just coursing through my veins right now. It's it's killing me. I'm like, I got sweats going on. It's crazy stuff. Um, it's I'm glad the game is getting played early on so that I don't have to spend the entire day stressing about it. That's something that I'm genuinely very much looking forward to same thing with kentucky game i was happy that it was played early uh kentucky game started at 10 30 eastern the mississippi state game also started at 10 30 eastern so whew, man all right i'm just i'm getting ready for it uh <laughs> it's it's about 8 45 p.m right now so i got 14 hours of just stress and anxiety going on um and keep, I wasn't always like this, but now that I have to cover the Gators, I get super tense about it because uh, it's going to suck if I have to talk about a negative thing about the loss here. Um, I am also very worried because the Bulldogs are just simply more rested. They haven't played since Saturday. So hopefully 
it's uh it's one of those cases where they're they're rusty <laughs> um you know like when when a team gets a bye and they're rusty and then that hopefully that's what happens here um don't necessarily think it will but uh you know what i say hope for the best prepare for the worst and that's what i'm gonna keep doing with it but that about does it for today's episode of locked on gators join me tomorrow as we'll talk about the outcome of this gators bulldogs game uh if my heart doesn't explode i'm just gonna let you know um once again my name is brandon olson you can find me on twitter at wns underscore brandon you can find all of my written work with whole nine sports this is w-h-o-l-e n-i-n-e sports uh, be sure to check out Lockdown Wizards, hosted by, hosted by Ben Mihic and Anthony Citadino, part of the Lockdown Podcasting Network. Don't miss the opportunity to hear about Bradley Beal, um, just because we don't get to see many Gators playing well in the playoffs uh, and getting significant minutes. You get to with Bradley Beal, as they hope to, hopefully, 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 advance past the Sixers. Um, of course, not just for Bradley Beal's sake, but for my sake. I hate the Sixers, so I want to see them lose immediately expeditiously if not sooner as cavaliers would say get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts